0: This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net, Danger Entertainment Podcast Network.
1: wonder when spider-man goes to the bathroom if the toilet paper sticks to his fingers you ever wonder why superman wears his underwear outside of his pants my name is imran my name is anthony he's
0: the jock and he's the nerd and we're your hosts for the jock and nerd podcast where we sometimes try to attempt to answer these questions This is a full spoiler podcast, and we swear a lot. Check it out for awesome geek news, interviews, and comic book reviews. Visit jockandnerd.com. We are your superhero TV, movies, and comic book culture curators.
1: Boom. jockandnerd.com. jockandnerd. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast.
2: Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio.
1: CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced
2: with podcasting gear from Task including the Task Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Task Sound thinking.
1: Forgive the interruption,
2: but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair. Sergeant, we need a response
0: team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves.
0: Sort really of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb.
2: Well, then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and
1: Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am crew.
2: That I did know.
1: These people may be isolated, and unbalanced even but i believe with the right push it can be exactly what you need up. i'm bringing the party to you i have indeed been uploaded gentlemen online and ready
0: and welcome to another issue because we have issues here not episodes another issue of mighty marvel geeks is the intrepid trio with a twist it is eric myself mike Kylan's up in Canada doing some assignment with Alpha Alpha Flight. But in his place is our guest this week. Uh, You might know him from Bully Wars and his work with Image and Lion. It's uh, trying to remember it all. Lion Forge. There we go. Dark Horse. May also know him from Marvel. It is our guest Aaron Conley, how are you guys doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing great. So I I see you got cleared by Thursday. Um, She let you into the lair. Uh, Thursday, would you introduce yourself to Aaron, please?
1: Allow me to introduce myself. I am Thursday, a virtual artificial intelligence, and I am
2: here to assist you in a variety of tasks as best I can.
0: She can be a little sassy, though. Right. A little? Okay, a lot. So tell us, um, let's go right off the start. Tell us a little bit about the current projects you're able to talk about.
1: Uh, well, I've currently been working on my book, Sabertooth Swordsman 2, which is the uh, follow up to the Dark Horse book I released in uh, 2014. Um, but yeah that has been really slowly in the works for a while, but I mean, we have a contract with dark horse and it's coming out. Um, but you know, because money comes in on the back end of that, you have to make money other ways when you're a freelance person. So sometimes that stuff can move, you know, at a glacial speed. Um, but yeah, but that's the, that's the thing I can talk about. Like I said, I have a few other projects in the works, uh, that are happening, um, that are actually money makers, but I can't talk about those yet. So, um, just follow me on Instagram, and you'll eventually find out <laughs> what they are.
0: Well, since you said follow you on Instagram, where can people find you on Instagram?
1: Uh, my Instagram handle is just at Aaron Conley seventy seven. Excellent. Was that you,
0: Eric, or was I hearing myself?
2: I think you were hearing yourself. Okay. The voices in your head were a little louder this evening, I guess. Yeah. But,
0: but yeah, uh, so, sorry, go ahead,
2: guys.
1: Sorry. No, 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 no,
0: go ahead.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I did just do uh, a short story and a cover for Marvel's um, Bizarre Adventures number 1. And I uh, issue of Heavy Metal just came out last week that I did a story with Tenacious about Tenacious D that was written oh, by um, uh, Ryan Brown, who also has done stuff for Marvel and Image and yes. uh, has a creator own comic called uh, God Hates Astronauts, and I think he's drawing that um, what's that wizard book? Uh, sorry, I should know this. Gandalf Illustrated? No, yeah. I can't think of it right now. But, yeah, it's a really cool story, and that just came out from uh, he- the heavy metal, like, all music issue, and we did a Tenacious D story in that.
0: Okay. So, since we're kind of limited on your, your new stuff, since it's a slow build, let's go back. How did you get started in your career as a comic artist?
1: I was drawing stuff for myself at my house and that wasn't going a whole lot of places but um we me and my uh very best friend damon um were years and years ago were messing around um posting stuff on a website uh that was just random weird different little short stories and things like that um Strangely enough, Damon decided to take a chance and uh, actually print the stuff out and put it in packages and mail those to several different companies. Now, that's what they now call the slush pile, which is people don't really do that anymore. You know, like that was really the way that comics used to be done. You know, you would submit, you know, to Marvel and DC, you could submit like sample pages which would, you know, consist of their characters doing some things. Um, But we happened – but the stuff we were doing at that time was not uh, Marvel-type stuff in any way, shape, or form, you know. Um, But at the time, uh, we were sending it up to a lot of places that we thought we liked and that had a little more stranger stuff – So I think we sent it to, like, Graphics. We sent it to, uh, I forget where else, but we definitely sent it to Dark Horse. And Dark Horse was doing this thing called Dark Horse MySpace Presents, which was um, where they would, every month, they would post, like, a new batch of comics on MySpace. Uh, um, And I don't know what your listenership is like, but MySpace at one time was like (laughs) Facebook. Um I had a MySpace page.
0: Had, yeah, there you go. I had a MySpace page. Yeah. I think it still so- exists. <laughs>
1: Yeah, That's sad part. Yeah, I think it does, too. Um, uh, uh, but, yeah, you know, so Dark Horse actually contacted us and said they had looked through the stuff that we had sent and they wanted to know if we wanted to do something for their MySpace Presents, which the cool thing about it was that they were taking that stuff that they were putting on Dark Horse MySpace and publishing it in a trade paperback form after they had built up so much. I think they ended up doing about five volumes of that, um, which was really cool. Um, But, of course, we were like, yes, we absolutely want to do something for this. And we did. Um, Speaking of Halloween, it was a little story called The Horror Robber, and it was just about this little guy who was like a skeleton robber, and he would, like, steal from famous monsters, which, you know— in the issue he was stealing Bigfoot's feet um so we had him you know it ends with him it it starts with him you know getting Bigfoot's feet and then you know it ends with him um walking into his like museum and of course he's got all kinds of things in there which are like vampire fangs and uh well Dracula's fangs and you know, uh, Medusa's hair, and I forget what else was even in there Frankenstein's bolts, you know. Oh, that's cool. But, anyways, um, we uh, we did that. And then through that, we got hooked up with an assistant editor because Dark Horse at the time had their one of their assistant editors sort of running that whole thing. And. Any key to doing almost anything in comics is, you know, getting with the editors. Um, It helps to make some friends, but the editors really are the guys who, like, make a lot of the big decisions and the final decisions. Um, So we hooked up with this guy named Brendan Wright, who was an assistant editor at the time at Dark Horse. And we were like, yo, we want to pitch a book. Would Dark Horse be interested in that? And And he said... Yeah, possibly. He's like, and he, I think he was sort of looking for a project to maybe sort of bump him up a little higher at Dark Horse. Um, so we spent about a year working on a pitch for Sabretooth Swordsman, um, working with Brendan, going back and forth, um, doing several different things. But at the time, me and Damon were both working full time jobs um and so it did take about a year and finally though uh dark horse approved the book and um then i spent another year working on sabertooth swordsman which came out in 2014 from dark horse um since that the rest has sort of just been history i mean it's just like you know i just constantly had work pretty much since then luckily enough um Was able to eventually even quit the day job. And the last two years, I've been completely making money um,
0: from comics. That's great. So how did you get started with Marvel?
1: Uh, The Marvel thing happened because Scotty Young had read Sabretooth Swordsman. There's this other podcast called 11 O'Clocks Comics. I don't know if you guys have ever listened to those guys, but um, they were huge, huge supporters of Sabertooth Swordsman. And like the year that I first did my first big comic convention, which was uh, Megacon. um, Sorry, I don't know why I just said Megacon. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. It was uh, Heroes Con um, in Charlotte. Um, Those guys, I think, have a lot of listeners like in that area. And like I was unpacking Sabretooth Swordsman books and they were just flying away because those guys had given such a wonderful review of the book on their podcast and continued to talk about the book. Um, Well, Scotty Young. Marvel writer, artist, uh, creator of I Hate Fairyland for Image, um, all those beautiful baby covers, um, listens to their podcast and is friends with those guys as well. Well, they recommended, of course, he heard him recommend the book and Scotty told me that he was in line for Dunkin' Donuts or something and he ordered a copy of or Two Swordsman off of Amazon. Um, and he just loved the heck out of it. He, once again, another person who just really endorsed the book, went on Twitter. I think his Twitter quote for the book was, if there's anything better than awesome, it's Sabertooth Swordsman. Something like that, he said. Oh, wow. Um Yeah. So, uh, of course, I, that year when I did, what I did, oh, I keep saying Macon.
0: Because it's local um, to where you and yeah. I live, yeah.
1: Um, uh, but I, the funny thing is, I've never actually done MegaCon, weirdly enough. But that year that the book came out, and we got a lot of press from HeroesCon. Scotty was there that year. Um, Scotty came over. Actually, came over to the table. Um, and we chatted for a little bit and he was like, let's do something together. And I was like, yeah, let's, um, and then he, you know, he was writing, I think he was either started writing or was writing rocket and Groot around that time. Um, and it came to a couple issues where they needed a f- fill in. I can't remember if I did the rocket and Groot thing, or I did the cover for that. Howard, the human book first, uh, one way or another, Scotty got me hooked up with both of those things. Um, through Oh, no. no You know what? That wasn't even the first time I worked for Marvel. Now, sorry. Uh, also, I think Ivan Brandon had read Saber Two Swordsman, which uh, uh, Ivan does a book called Viking, I think, and a few other things. Um, but he was doing some stuff for Marvel, too. Um, and that was right around the battle world time when they were doing that battle world stuff. And he recommended, sometimes the writers can sort of like, be like, yo, I kind of want to work with this guy or whatever. If it's a more, a looser project, I think Marvel doesn't quite, um, get really editorial about things, you know? Um, so, and especially when it comes to a style like mine, who is, it's a little more unique, a little, little different than the, you know? I wouldn't say Marvel has a house style. They definitely uh, uh, seem to, you know, try new things out a little more than, D, say, DC does. Um, but uh, they, yeah. So Ivan Brandon, I think, they contacted me through him because he wanted to work with me. And we did a short Wolverine story for Battle World. Um, I don't even know what issue that was, but it was a Battle World story from, I think you can pick up like one of those, like, uh, side Battle World trade paperbacks, and it's in there. The story we did together, uh, but then of I,
0: course, I want to say maybe ahead, Battle sorry.
1: World three. Yes, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, but uh, what also Scotty had mentioned working with me, and I don't know. I think shortly after that Battle World thing, I did do that Howard the Human cover, which was a book that Scotty was writing, and, and they asked me to do the cover for that. Um, cause he, I think he had thrown my name out and then they dug that. And then when S- Scotty did a couple issues of rocket where they had like just different fill in artists and he brought me in on one of the, um, which was a blast to do. Uh, and yeah. And so that was, those were my two bigger projects with Marvel, um, they had asked me to do a couple issues of Moon Knight right before we started Bully Wars, but I unfortunately did not have the time to work on that at that moment, um, which kind of sucked. I would have loved to have done that, but at the same time, there was, you know, an, a bigger project sort of on the line. Um, but uh, through, so through Scotty, I've, I've gotten to know a few editors over there and, um, and you know every once in a while when i uh, you, you know have a moment here or there or you know i i need a couple bucks to fill in for the um the amount of time that i'm working on other stuff i'll hit marvel up or hit, you know you go when you live a freelance lifestyle like i do you 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 get to a point where you, you keep track of several um editors emails from all over the place cuz i've done stuff for pretty much everybody now um all the big companies in comics So I've got a couple, you know, editors emails and when things get a little slow or, you know, you need to pay rent this month, you hit up a few editors, you know, and get some work. And that's just what happened recently with uh, the whole cover to um, Bizarre Adventures and the interior stuff I did for that. I just was a moment where I was like, hey, Jake, you got any work over there? You know, anything short um, and sweet? And he is like, you know what? I was just about to contact you. And he had some work for me, so it's really okay, nice. So, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I just was ending that with it. It's really nice when you know you have people sort of looking out for you, and also will respond when you contact them. You know, there are editors who you can write, and they won't ever write back.
2: Okay, so you mentioned uh, you mentioned the styling that uh, that you were experimenting with, and how Marvel seemed to be a little bit more open to. Uh, to breaking from the quote unquote house style than uh, than maybe the distinguished competition, I'm looking at your stuff and I'm seeing uh, it reminds me a lot, particularly the one from uh, Rocket and Groot where they're playing the fantasy football, which I believe is is uh, issue number four. And yeah. it's reminding me a lot of Bernie Wrights and stuff. Really. I've never heard that before. Well, I mean, it does to me, but then I'm just I'm thinking back to the heavy metal movie with
1: the Captain Stern segment. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, I love Bernie. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love Bernie Wrightson. It's just weird. I've never I've never heard that comparison before, but I'll take it. Sure.
2: <laughs> I think it's like the goblin version of Tony Stark that I see it the most. Oh, yeah. OK, sure. Because yeah, he reminds me of, of Charlie the
1: Lawyer in the trial scene just a it's little bit a very long time since i watched that movie but <laughs> yeah um but, yeah uh, that's cool i will i will never take a compliment of something being compared to bernie wrightson you know
2: so basically i i, I went all there to um, to basically you know who were some of the influences that you had growing up like some who were some of the artists that Whose style you uh, you feel like you tried to emulate or not? Oh,
1: that may not be a, such a good term. Just who in? Influenced- no, I think that's very. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, especially early on, I think a lot of artists are trying to uh, t- t- to look a lot like one person almost. You know, I think. Yeah. I mean, I don't. My. I mean, my man, my style has been all over the place. I mean, I started off loving Todd McFarlane and Eric Larson on you know Spider Man. My When I was just a little, little kid, my parents got me a subscription to those comics, you know, and I was absolutely in love with those guys' style. Um, I think as I grew, I sort of grew out of the image guys and into these guys who were um, running the studio at the time that was called Guy Gaijin Studios, um, and there were dudes like uh, Brian Stelfreeze uh, Dave Johnson, um, and Jason Pearson. And I think at the time those Dave Johnson and Jason Pearson were definitely like really big influences on me. Um, during that time, then I started to sort of even get out of that stuff. And I was really into bone for a while. Um, started paying more attention to some of DC's vertigo stuff uh, was reading sandman was reading um, just more oddball stuff loving rockets uh, uh, what am I missing Um But, you know, it's strange over the years, and I was just thinking about this recently. I think the majority of of my comic work has weirdly been more influenced by animation, to be honest, than it has actually by other comic book dudes. You know, um, my whole life has been completely inspired by John Kay, who did Ren and Stimpy, and and all the amazing (laughs) artists who were involved in that show. Uh, I can see that, yes. Uh, Bill Ray, you know, um, uh, and, and you know, uh, you know, I just, Bully Wars was completely inspired by that. Sabertooth Swordsman was, was like, inspired by uh, uh, Red Stimpy and a lot by Mobius. I, there was a lot of Mobius influence going on in that book, um, and I was really sort of, like, completely trying to like throw as much Mobius in there as I could. Um, now I tend to try to steal, let's say from lots of different people rather than just two single people. You know, um, I say steal. I think it's just funny, but be inspired by lots of different guys rather than just one person. Cause there's so many amazing artists out there. That you can take from um, and be inspired by, you know. It's it, people won't notice what you've stolen from different people if you steal from a lot more people than just <laughs> two guys, you know. You um, spread the theft. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think one of my fir- current favorite like guys is James Heron. I don't know if you guys know him at all, but he was doing a book with John Arcudi over an Image called Rumble. And he's done a few little things for Marvel, kind of just like I have. But he's a really, really talented dude. Very cool.
2: Awesome. I don't know. Did I answer that question? Yeah, I think so. Okay. (laughs)
0: so we, who now since you're you're saying you're you're stealing a little bit from here and there who now are influencing the direction you're you're heading in the future
1: well like i said i really really love james Heron's stuff he's one of he's like i would say like a peer you know like he's one of the few peers that i feel like like i look at and just get like really inspired um to just draw comics Besides him, though, I'm not li- I'm not usually looking at a lot of modern guys, except for, like, my pals who are, will send me stuff, you know? Um, I, I You know, I do like Ryan Otley. I try to pick up anything he draws. He's currently drawn Spider-Man. Um, but I try to go sort of back, you know? Um, a couple of years ago, I discovered these magazines that actually Warren, who pu- used to publish creepy and eerie, and, um, Vampirella. They actually did this book, these books that were like heavy metal. It was like their version of heavy metal. And it was called 1984. And eventually they started calling it 1994. But you know, of course it was made in the seventies. Right. I think
0: I remember this.
1: Yeah. But there were, I mean, you cannot pick up an issue that doesn't have like mind blowing art in it. Um, like dudes like uh, Richard Corbin, um, Frank Thorn, uh, Alex Nino, uh, Ruby Nebres, uh, sorry, Rudy Nebres. Um, and he, he, there's even this, uh, just so much good stuff in those books. Um, and I just like constantly they sit next to my desk and I constantly look through them. So I think most, de- most of the stuff these days are, are, is very inspired by, you know, that kind of stuff. Also, I've been trying to throw a little more blacks in my work. So I've been looking more at like. Um, dudes who do a lot of nice, like, black work, like uh, Chris Samney and um, uh, Alex Toth and uh, just, like, dudes like that that are definitely trying to throw uh, a little more black work in there, you know? Um, like I said, my first book was really inspired by Mobius, so there's a lot of little little lines and, like, tinkering, you know, where I'm trying to, you know, learn some more twi- tri- twi- twix, trick twix, Tricks to sort of speed it up a little bit, and some of that comes with, um, you know, just blacking things out at times.
2: Yeah, Alex Toth. I've, I do really like his work as well. Uh, and a lot of people don't know this is kind of like he was like the uh, the designer of a
1: lot of the uh, I don't Hanna know. Barbera,
2: yes, the Hanna Barbera yeah.
1: superheroes. That's yeah. the, I, I was there's an amazing it. book, there's an absolutely amazing, amazing book that you can go out and buy. Um, I mean, I'm sure you can find it on Amazon. I don't know if it's currently in print, but you can get it where he just did. I think it's called Alex Toth in design. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it's seriously like a hundred pages of just all the designs that he did for all those old Hanna Barbera shows. Yeah. And it's absolutely amazing. And and any I feel like any comic book artist working should own that book,
2: you know? Yes. I, I agree with you. And I don't own the book and I agree with you. Um, but I may be about to. Yeah. But just Get the way he designed characters. I mean, he didn't use a lot of, as I would call it, unnecessary lines. No. No. no I mean, they, they were simple, but they had power to them. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. you have the you have the Herculoids. I There was no doubt. I, I love the designs of the Herculoids. Yeah. It's just, yeah, they didn't have a whole lot of unnecessary lines to them, but there was power in the lines that he did
1: use. Yeah. I mean, he's just, yeah, like he... Like don't get me wrong. Like I like a lot of artists who do like really cool detail, you know. Yeah. But the thing is that when you can, when you can hit what Alex Toth hit, when you can with the the few simple lines, like that's the mastery of of the work. Um. Now, you know. Could Alex Toth have gone in there and added more detail and it still would look cool? Absolutely. But the thing was that he he already had, like, the great foundation, you know? Um, And when you have a great foundation, then you can, you know, paint your house pink. It's still going to be a good house. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah.
2: So it's Toth. I've been pronouncing it all wrong all these years. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I learned something tonight. Oh, good.
0: What were some of the Marvel books that you enjoyed reading as a kid that might have gotten you into the direction of becoming a comic artist? Mm, I mean, I've always been a big Marvel guy. Like,
1: I love Batman, but like, dude, Marvel was like Marvel was like my my jam. I don't know, dude. I was reading everything like i I was really into John Byrne's run on Namor that he did in like, what was it? The early nineties. Um, of course, Jim Lee, Mark Silvestri on X-Men. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, of course I was buying even, you know, Rob Liefeld's X-Force. Um, uh, you know what? Jim Lee, when he launched his uh, big, um multi-covered x-men comic you know yes. even i, Will, I got Will, every single one of those <laughs> yeah i mean and then even like uh willis portacio on x factor and uh I, i'm saying all the artists i feel bad for the guys who wrote those books but i have always been a big artist guy so um that's, I'm sure Claremont was writing some of that stuff, but, uh, yeah, like those books were just like my, like jam, you know, even like, uh, Romita Jr. on Daredevil, um, just all that stuff, man. I could not get like enough of that stuff that like, that was just really And it's, it's, you know, like it's Tom McFarlane, Eric Larson on Spider-Man, you know, that was like a hefty, that was like a hefty gig right there, man. It's like, you got like Tom McFarlane, who's just like killing it on Amazing Spider-Man. And then he leaves and goes and does his own Spider-Man book. And then you have another amazing artist like Eric Larson, who comes in and just like takes over and you're just like, you're getting like McFarlane and Larson in like a month and I'm just like, yeah, that stuff was just absolutely fantastic, you know. And it's strange because if you would have asked me this 10 to 15 years ago, I would not have answered like I'm answering now. But I really grown to like love that stuff again. You know,
0: Good.
1: did I
2: answer that question?
0: You did. OK,
2: so you've gotten a chance to uh, to work with a co- work on a couple of, of my favorite characters, of course, Rocket and Groot. Um If they were to come in and say you could work, do a story on anybody, who would you like to tackle next?
1: Mm, I would love to draw Spider-Man. I would absolutely love to draw Spider-Man or even to the lesser extent, Spider-Ham. I would love (laughs) to do something with Spider-Ham. But I also uh, no, I'm not going to tell this one because maybe I'll get to do it one day and. I don't want anybody to steal my idea, (laughs) but yeah, I'd love to work on Spider-Man, Spider-Ham. Um, I'd like to do something with Howard the Duck, too. That would be fun. But yes. definitely something a little more bizarre than your, your you know, average. But if, you know, if they came and asked me to do Spider-Man, I would be so pumped.
0: Yes. I, I, I fully support the Howard the Duck.
1: Yeah. That would be a lot of fun, too.
0: I, I'm probably one of the few Howard the Duck fans out there. I That's awesome. Howard. He's great. Yeah. And he means the movie. I mean, yeah. the comic, too. <laughs> uh I thought Zadarsky stuff was great. I
1: mean, I've I love the that original movie. stuff. Yeah, I like that Zdarsky run. It was really good.
0: And, and the original stuff was great as well. Yeah. But, but the movie, I agree with Walmart. It was one of the eighties best movies.
1: I don't know if I'd say that, but I'll I would watch it again.
2: Dude, you keep this up. We're gonna have to schedule an intervention. <laughs>
0: Well, considering I own a copy of it on DVD and a copy of it on Blu-ray, and they just That's released amazing. it, and they just released an anniversary edition of it, and I haven't found it yet. But when I do...
1: What's supposed to be on the anniversary edition? That's so fantastic. More like, what more is on that one that is just I on the, right. with the...
0: The Blu-ray is just a cleaner version of the film. It's essentially got the same bonus features. Uh, yeah. Did, did
1: George Lucas have something to do with that movie?
0: He did. He's he's more willing to admit to it than Star Wars Holiday Special. Right. Which all he did was license it <laughs> Aren't out to we CBS. All? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I would definitely watch Howard the Duck over that ho- that holiday special any day.
2: God, I still re- I remember sitting down and watching it the one and only time that it came out on TV. It's...
1: Oh, I've man. only seen bad versions at, like, la- at like parties, or, like, I guess you can watch the whole thing on YouTube. But You'd realize there is that, there really are cool no good versions. An- that really cool Bubba Fett animated sequence. Yes, yes, yes. that is probably the one so redeeming Buffett, fact. Sorry, I don't say Bubba Fett, right? I say i him like he's a redneck. Bubba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> Bubba yeah, Fett's so- go to get her done. Well, yeah, it best. almost looks like Mobius was, like, involved in that some way or another. It yeah, almost the, looks the, like it could have been in the Heavy
0: Metal movie. Well, the, yes. The best thing about that animated sequence is it's on the nine-disc um, original trilogy, prequel trilogy combo pack.
1: Oh, that's nice. It's They just uh,
0: took it out of context of the uh, holiday yeah. special? It's, a, it's an Easter egg. When you go to... Um, the bonus disc that has Empire Strikes Back. Uh, so there, there's a bonus disc that's got a bunch of stuff on the original trilogy, bonus disc on the prequels, and then um, and then there's one disc that's got a bunch of miscellaneous that just is involving Star Wars culture in general, hmm. um, which has got the, the small documentary about when the 501st was invited to the Rose Bowl parade, how they came up with everyone involved with that. Um, if you go to the Empire Strikes Back section on the original trilogy bonus disc you choose boba fett's armor they have a picture of the prototype armor click on it and it opens up the cartoon from the holiday special oh neat and it's clean as clean can be
1: wow that's great yeah or you can watch a really crummy version on youtube at the like what two hour mark of the christmas special
0: Yeah, especially after you you get uh, was it the first half hour is, is nothing but yeah.
1: no. The best part is when the Wookie the Wookie Granddad is like getting aroused while watching that uh like disco music video Je- with Jefferson Starship. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if that's the I thought I think Jefferson Starship's in another part, but yeah.
0: Could um, be, could be. Is that the one with Dion Warwick? Is it?
1: No, is it? Dion? De- I don't think it's Dion Warwick. It's some other disc. He puts on some sort of like yeah hologram thing on his head. Yes, 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 yeah. I will. I you have to watch it to get for me. To, I won't give any more descriptions. Just watch it. You'll see.
2: <laughs> okay, I the curiosity got the better of me. So while y'all were talking about that, I looked up. Star Wars Holiday Special. Yes, you can watch it on YouTube, but it has a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it has a 2.1 out of 10 on IMDb, which means it has a higher rating than the Fantastic Four reboot.
1: That is amazing, though, at the same time. That is kind of true. And I would probably watch the Holiday Special over that Fantastic Four reboot. I've not seen it. But if somebody were to ask me if they would like to put the the Star Wars special on or that Fantastic Four movie on, I would definitely say that Star Wars special. (laughs) I was like, I would maybe be like, did anybody
0: CG any pants on the thing? Because maybe I'll watch it then. We tend to use as the gauge the 2015 Fantastic Flop. Yeah. And... On how good or how bad a movie is. That and Josie and the Pussycats. No, no, no. Not Josie and the... P- Jim. Jim and the Holograms. which only oh, stayed, yeah. Which only stayed in theater for two weeks and got pulled by the studios. Yeah. That was... Because it has a better rating than the Fantastic Flop. Yeah.
1: Wow. That's incredible.
0: Jim
2: has a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. And the Fantastic Flop has nine.
1: I t- the funny thing is, I've had people try to tell me that that movie is good, and I'm like, "There's no way that movie is good." Like when it came, the you know these movies, these Marvel movies, or any of these superhero movies come out, and like you could just tell that it looks bad, and you'll always have like five guys try to tell you that you should really go see it, and I'm just like, "No." listen i like comics but i don't i don't have to watch every marvel movie or every superhero movie that comes out you know i do have to admit that i've seen every marvel movie but I don't have to watch every superhero movie that comes out, you know?
0: You don't have to. Well, you just did. Here, here, no, here's, the just, best, I, here's the best part. Howard Duck has a tomato meter rating of 15%. Oh, yes. It Howard is better than the Fantastic Flop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: But no, I don't I'd watch Howard the Duck. Somebody put it on, sure. I kind of <laughs> like that little duck costume. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Does he make out with uh with Marty McFly's mom in that movie? Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's pretty cute. You watch it for, just
0: for her. That's pretty much why we watch it.
1: There, there's she should have. They should have made a gem movie back
0: then with her instead of the Howard Duck movie. Know. Yeah, but when when you've got Holly Robinson, Leah Thompson, Tim Robbins, all together, who's
1: Tim Robbins in that movie?
0: He is the uh, the lab rat who's um, Leia Thompson's friend. Yeah,
2: he's the one that comes up with the theory of duck evolution. I, I think
0: I barely
1: remember any of that I guess I need to go back and watch that movie I feel like I had seen it more than once but maybe I haven't maybe I only saw it when I was like a kid and I like begged my mom to get it for me from the video
0: store I, I have a copy if you want to borrow it
1: Yeah, just send me your blu-ray when you get the new one you can do that
0: <laughs> yeah
2: So
1: yeah, I'll go ahead guys
2: Okay, so, all right. Since you've said you have seen every single Marvel movie, what's been your favorite, and what has been the one that you regret having wasted two hours of your life seeing?
1: I have a three-part answer to that. (laughs) Okay. My favorite out of all of them is Thor Ragnarok. That's, like, my favorite. Okay. Um, I think that that is the first one to, like, really... They really let a director, Taika Waitiki, who is makes an amazing films on his own, really just it just felt like they just allowed him to sort of do whatever he wanted and have fun. Um, It looks great. It's, It's so much awesome. Jack Kirby junk all over the place. Um, it's, it's actually funny. Um, and you know, the way they sort of, you know, it could have been a total disaster the way they tried to sneak in a whole like arc of a comic series that was planet Hulk into, um, like what 10 minutes of the movie at most was really brilliant, you know? Um, and they, I think they handled that really well. Um, I love that movie. I mean, even the first, what, 10 minutes of the movie where Thor is, like, fighting all those guys and they're playing Zeppelin is better better than any of the other Thor movies, you know? Just the
0: fact that they actually got Zeppelin to agree to let them put the song in the movie.
1: Yeah. I mean, Rock Plant was like, my kids are going to live healthy. I mean, my (laughs) family is going to make a lot of money off of this even after I die. Yeah. Either way, though, I think that Winter Soldier, though, is probably be it's probably their best movie, if you ask me. Like just the the most well made as far as, you know, being serious and also being very, you know, enjoyable and setting the pace um, for what was to come. I think that's a really, really, really great movie. I would definitely throw – I could watch Thor Ragnarok more times, but um, I definitely think that Winter Soldier is probably their best film. I personally think their worst film is Iron Man 3. And people try to argue this with me, but I think that that movie is absolute garbage. And I even like that, you know, what, uh, Shane Black? I mean, I like Lethal lethal Weapon. I like some of the stuff that he's been involved in, but that movie is garbage, man. And the whole, like, not making the Mandarin like a real Mandarin, that was, like, real bad news, you know? um right i thought there were too many holes in the plot yeah it's like that movie's real bad that's another one of those movies that people try to like argue with me that's like oh no that's pretty good i heard people say cap one is really bad and i'm like you're crazy you did not watch the same movie that i did
0: cap Cap one was not bad Cap cap one's my favorite out of everything
1: yeah props to you that's a
0: really fun movie it's a really,
1: you know what, and you know what's great about Cap 1 is the, the fact that they, Cap 1 was the first comic book movie that I went to see at a movie theater. And I said to myself, this really feels like I'm watching a comic book you yeah. know yeah it it you know Christopher Nolan tried to make those Batman movies so serious and there was like a reason there was so many reasons why Batman did all these things because Christopher Nolan needed everybody to know that Batman could be real you yeah. know and it and like that just did nothing for me but when i like see the red skull and and hydra agents just like z- bl- like shooting lasers that are like blasting people into nothing I'm like, yeah, we we got that. We hit the nail on the head here, you know.
0: No, with with I, mean, Will, I I appreciated we got Scarecrow, who we hadn't seen. Yeah, and I appreciated his take on the Joker made it more of a modern twist to the order. Yeah, I think Joker. That if there's
1: anything good about those movies, it's Heath Ledger. But but I'm just saying, like Cap, you know, Cap, like was oh. like the exact opposite of what those movies were, and that's what like exactly. really made me happy. You know, exactly.
2: He tried. It, he, it, they treated Cap like an actual person. I mean, they didn't yeah. try to say, "Well, this is a comic book come to life." This is this is a guy whose adventure reads like a comic book. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's that is a very subtle distinction. Between Marvel and DC, that Marvel has gotten, and DC, for
0: the most part, still hasn't. Right. See, I think the thing I liked about Cap 1 was the fact one, it's a period piece. Yeah, which and is that really f- fun. And it feels like a period piece. Or an older type film until well, you. Well, did get... the guy who
1: directed Cap One direct the uh, Rocketeer? I think and That so. movie rules. I love the Rocketeer. Yeah, the Rocketeer, Rocketeer is an
2: awesome, awesome movie. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, I'm uh, pretty
1: sure it's the same director. So, uh, like that dude already had like that dude already. Knew Joe Johnston. Yes, you're right. Yeah, knew already knew how to make a good superhero movie. You know,
0: and and I love the fact how he put that Wizard of Oz twist to it when. Cap is woken up in modern times. Oh yeah! And the whole vibe of the film goes from a period piece to a modern superhero film at that moment. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it, I think that's a great movie. A I've great enjoyed Twirtle. all
0: the all the Cap. I think
1: all the Cap movies are really like are really like the heart of the Marvel films, you know I think that yep. they have really kept maybe even the spine they have like really I feel like sort of kept those movies like going, you know
0: well i I've always said here uh what's the quickest way to ruin a superhero movie franchise? Third film what's that third film? oh yeah. I mean, look at Iron Man, but then Iron look at Man Thor, though.
1: Thor was Thor's best movie is the third one. But you know,
0: Captain America broke that mold.
1: Oh, yeah. Cap one yeah, was great. Did civil war
0: come out before that civil war came out before Ragnarok.
1: Yeah. OK, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And yeah, I, and that's a great I I love that movie to death, too. Um, and even
0: though that's the we, I think that's the weakest of the the three cat films. Sure, it's not horrible. It's not an Iron Man three. It's not. No, it's no. It's not uh, a it's Maguire Star- Spider Man three. Yeah, right. It, exactly. It's, it's not well, yeah. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, Cap for- so- I guess you're right. Spider-Man.
1: I never thought about that before. That before. Cap 3, they had not made a good third yeah. superhero movie. I Superman. didn't think about
0: that either. Superman but 1 and 2. Dude, let us it.
1: not forget about X-Men 3. That movie is a travesty. Exactly. Yeah. Oof. Although it could be argued that
2: Captain America Civil War was not so much a Cap movie as it was an Avengers 2.5.
0: True.
1: Yeah, on some It still had a lot of that whole, like, plot of Bucky and Cap. And, yeah. you know, to be honest, I guess maybe it worked for me because I thought there was going to be so much less of that, you know? I really did think it was going to be um, Avengers that, like you said, but... No, I think it did end up. It ended up for me being more about the cap storyline than I expected, so I was happy with it, you know. Yeah, I got you. And and I agree with you. But uh, people do say that,
2: I don't know if they if they mean it as a compliment or a observation or a a dig. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you say that it could be construed as an Avengers movie, but it, when you boil it down, you could have anybody else in there besides Avengers and the core storyline of of Cap and Bucky and Tony's parents. That's still there. And that yeah, carries right. the whole way.
1: through. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and I mean, even, you know, oof, kids, even Avengers, too, though, is a, a real great movie. You know, I mean, in my opinion.
2: It, it had its moments. It has
0: moments. Yes. See, now yes. I do agree with you with Iron Man three, or film, yeah. but I think the <sighs> one that was worse than that is Thor: Dark World. At least Thor: Dark
1: World has that really cool ending fight scene, though. Yeah. That I think that that. You kind of like the trailers made it look like Iron Man three's like ending fight scene was going to really rule with like all the different Iron Man armors like showing up. But it was that was a real letdown, you know, Um, Thor Thor Dark World is not a great movie. You're right. But it I think it, it that end fight scene really does save it, you know. And okay. there's still some good. There's still some really good back and forth between Thor and Loki in that movie too. You know. Yeah. And because we'll, like, what do we really get in Iron Man Three? Tony Stark hanging out with some
0: random kid we don't even know. You who, know. Who, who can't call his armor, but all of a sudden at the end of the film can call his armor. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm telling Maybe you, he was mo- just out of
1: signal reception. <laughs> there's moment. It was that. And you know what that mo- that movie was almost like. Robert Downey Jr. went in to the writer's room or wherever, and he was like, listen, guys, I really don't want to have to get in that costume for this movie. Can you guys, like, leave me out of the costume most of the movie? And the writers, the directors, producers were all just like, yeah, yeah, just do whatever he wants, you know? he's basically made the Marvel universe at this point. Let him, if he don't want to be in the armor, a whole movie, let him not be in the armor for yeah. a whole movie. Yeah. And that was a bad news. Cause you know, after that they put him back in the armor a lot more, you know, yeah. hell he was in the armor in the Spider-Man movie, you know, yeah. Yeah. more than he was in his third movie. So what, so one of the,
2: the movies that we know are slated to come out, what, what's the one you're looking for forward to the most?
1: Well, speaking of the fantastic flop, man, I, I, I am excited to see, you know, as much as we've just sat here and complained about certain ones of the Marvel movies, I think overall they have done a really good job and I really enjoy the heck out of going to see them, whether they're good or bad. Yeah. And they always seem to show a lot of love to the characters, no matter what, you know? Um and i really 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 hope that their version of fantastic 4 just like and i'm already feel like i'm starting to hear good things about it i mean the rumor is what that it's going to be a period piece too um i think i heard it's supposed to take place in the 60s maybe oh wow i think that would be i think that would be appropriate yeah dude i i really can't wait to see what they do with cuz i love the fantastic 4 like i think the fantastic 4 is so awesome and like the fact that like we've had, what, three Fantastic Four movies and, like, none of them can get it right, uh, it'll be nice to see what Marvel can do, you know? I'm not saying that Marvel's Spider-Man movies are the most perfect, but I think that to, that uh, that Tom Holland and his suit ha- are the best Peter and Spider that have been yes. on screen, Yes, you know?
2: I, yeah, I think his version of Spider-Man is probably... The most, most true to, the, the most true to his, the original character.
1: Yes, agreed. And the fact that they just like the made the they made the eyes move. Like to me, that was like, yeah, I was just like, kudos, Marvel. When I first saw Spider Man in that first Civil War trailer, I think I screamed out loud. You know, <laughs> and that's crazy. It's crazy to think that I had already seen Spider Man. Like you would have thought that I had never seen Spider Man on screen before. You know <laughs> what I mean? How excited I was because of how great he looked you
0: know now i mcguire's wasn't bad until the third film and I, feel, and I feel they tried to do too much by putting both venom and sandman and then the whole yeah, villain, I think Sam- villain anti-hero routine with hobgoblin
1: yeah and i th- and they should have just made him hobgoblin i don't why he was like he looked like a extreme sports player You know, like, I didn't get that at all. Like, why didn't they just really make him Hobgoblin? You know, but, you know, Sam Raimi has come out and said that, like, he admits that that's a bad movie. And that he had, like, a lot of pressure from the studio to, like, put too many characters in there, you know? Yeah. Okay,
2: who would you like to see, aside from Fantastic Four, who would you like to see get their own movie coming up?
1: Werewolf by Night. Oh.
2: I, I gotta be was honest, dope, I, was, I was totally not expecting that one, but I think
1: it'd be awesome. Yeah, it would. It would rule, you know? It would be cool to see Ghost Rider get his dues as well, you know? Um, what, you didn't like the Nicolas Cage version? I watched them <laughs> It was kind of cool when Ghost Rider, like, got inside that, like, giant like crane machine thing and like made that like a ghost rider vehicle that was the only cool part that was the only watchable part probably
0: <laughs> i got one more ride in me this yeah. is as far as i could go and i
1: love Nicolas cage man i'm a pretty big Nicolas cage fan that was just <laughs> yeah where One i would be cool because they'd like they could tie it into the like blade thing somehow too which might be fun. Yeah. Maybe like werewolf by night and blade could like team up to fight vampires.
0: Nice. See, we've been pitching the idea for like Hulu since it won't go on Disney plus of like a midnight suns series.
1: Yeah. That'd be cool too. But apparently they're making a moon Knight movie now. Right? Yes. Yeah
0: and the ghost rider series has been canceled.
1: What they were wait, which ghost rider se- the one was there already a ghost rider series? There was, there was one, one briefly works. Oh, but it was going to be the car ghost rider, right? Yeah, it
2: was going to be yeah. the Robbie Reyes.
1: Yeah, I, I don't have any interest in that. Sorry. Like I don't like that's cool Robbie Reyes is he would have been fine if they had just given him a motorcycle. Like Jason's runs, I don't know if you guys read Jason Aaron's run on Ghost Rider like years ago. Yeah. But like he introduced that there were like Ghost Riders like all over the world or like throughout history. So I don't have any problem with Robbie Reyes. But the car was just dumb.
2: Yeah, it's when we first first heard about it, I I just said, you know,
1: it's not Ghost Driver. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's got to be something you can ride. Right. And look how popular freaking, what is his name now? Punisher Future Ghost Rider. What's his name? Super Ghost Rider. No, Space Ghost Rider. Yeah, there you go. That guy's like so huge right now. And you know why? Because he still rides on a thing that looks like a motorcycle. It's like a space motorcycle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah now, there I, you go.
2: I, I do like where Reyes stands on top of the car
1: as it's going. Oh, uh, that part. Give him a surfboard. Make I, him go surfer.
2: I, I, I know, but this is <laughs> as close as we can get to a rider.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's bad. They should have put him in. Um, uh, what are those things you go on the lake with? Jetski. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They should have made him jet ski rider.
2: No, now I've got this mental image of like some retirement community down in Florida somewhere where there's a ghost rider, senior citizen with a Segway.
1: Yeah, yeah i I would probably read that comic before I I would pick up another Robbie Reyes comic. Um, yeah.
2: A werewolf by Night. I still, I, I, that one still blows me away. That's great.
0: Now with the shows coming to Disney Plus, what are you looking forward to?
1: Oh, I don't even know. Oh, maybe that What If series? Isn't it yeah. supposed to be all animated? Yes. Yeah. If it's animated well, that could be really cool. I think
0: you know
2: getting, and they're getting in the MCU talent to do voices for their animated equivalents.
1: Yeah. Which I think I is I mean, awesome I'll one. definitely give Falcon and Winter Soldier a try, for sure. Uh, you'll have to tell me that the Loki show is really, really good for me to give that a watch, you know? Um, but yeah, that, I think that that what-if could be really cool. Are there I, any I particular what-if stories you'd like to see? Hmm. I mean, just—what me. just, just, if Wolverine just, became an agent of Shield? But they couldn't do that yet because they don't a, really have the X-Men. I mean, they have the X-Men, but they haven't done the X-Men yet. Right. Uh, well, that um, X-Men right now, story
2: is right the first one that I ever read. Yeah, and I thought that was—that yeah. was a great idea. Yeah.
0: And right now they're doing uh, the what ifs based on characters who are already existing in the MCU and changing, like with the Peggy Carter, what if she became a super soldier instead?
1: Yeah, that's the promo stuff that I saw that they have put out, looks like, for her. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what, uh, yeah, all my favorite what if books, though, involve Wolverine. Was, there's that one that, w- what if Wolverine, what if the Hulk had killed Wolverine and it's got that sweet, like, shiny Wolverine skeleton on the cover? Um, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: What's another really good one, what if? There
2: was a good what if, I read a while back, it was, uh, what if Captain America had founded the Avengers? Mm-hmm. Because in the comics, he did not show up until, like, a few issues after everything had started. Yeah, yeah. But it was set in, in an alternate timeline, where, uh, obviously, but where the uh, the super soldier serum, the uh, Professor Erskine had not died. Right. And mm. so and so the landscape, you know, he, he still got frozen. But when he wakes up, I mean, there's. Yeah, you know, the government has all these super soldiers. That you know, the uh, there was no Fantastic Four, for instance, because the the guards had such better reflexes and reaction times that they shot them before they made it to the rocket, and just you know things like that. Mm. And mm. what I remember about that was that Wolverine had become the Wendigo. Oh, gotcha. Instead of... Once again, though,
1: Wolverine. You can't do anything with him just yet. The question is, who should they cast as a new Wolverine? Is it wrong that I want to see somebody short? No, I think that's okay.
0: Danny DeVito.
1: Yeah, that would be awesome. Old fan Logan. (laughs) That would be really awesome. Um, You guys ever... Didn't Alex Ross do some... Drawings of Dan Javido as Wolverine back when he was like yeah. doing that uh, Earth X thing or Planet X or whatever it was called. Yes. Yeah, that would be sweet. No, there's this show. There's this Canadian show called Letter Kenny. You guys watch that? It's like Canadian comedy. I've
0: heard of it. Never seen it.
1: There's like a real rough, tough guy on that show that could be a good Wolverine, but he's still kind of tall. He might be too old by the time they eventually start casting these. I have a feeling they're going to go really young on this X-Men stuff. Who knows?
0: What about uh, the guy who plays Eggsy and, of course, played Elton John? Um, Was it Taron Egan? Egan? See, I think he would make a better
1: Cyclops. Ooh. I think he's too good Look, I think... not that I have a crush on this dude, but <laughs> I think he's too good looking to be Wolverine. I would like a little uglier dude to be Wolverine. Even Hugh Jackman. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, there's good and bad things about the X-Men movies. But I think, and Hugh Jackman did do a pretty great job as Wolverine, I think, overall. I think that he was maybe a little too good looking, too. Okay. Yeah, I can see. I can see that. It, it'd be it'd be cooler to get... some. So, uh, you know somebody uh, uh, Mark Ruffalo is a good example, I think. I think that Mark Ruffalo was a good pick for the Hulk because he's not like, you know, he's not like Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth, you know. He's got sort of a weird sort of face. you know I'm sure there's plenty of ladies out there that think Mark Ruffalo is super hot. but he's got like sort of a strange face that like really worked well with the Hulk. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, and he's when, not,
2: he's good looking, but he's not handsome.
1: Yes, right. And I think that his, whatever his features are, were really good, were much better features to exaggerate um, than, uh, I mean, I'll get, be honest with you. I don't think that when the guy turns into the Hulk, that he needs to look like Bruce Banner at all. But, the movie seemed to think that that is the case. But Ruffalo's look was a good look for them to sort of, like I said, exaggerate and make more monstrous looking. I mean, you know, the Eric Bana one, uh, Eric Bana looks, that Hulk just looked like Gumby with Eric Bana's face superimposed <laughs> over yeah. it.
0: Which they carried over into the Ed Norton film.
1: Yeah, and the Ed Norton film just look—he looked like a giant roided-out frat boy or emo kid or something. You know what was too much hair? Yeah. Once again, when I finally saw Ruffalo's Hulk, I was like, "Yep, they got it." And that's that's all I need from Fantastic Four. Is like it doesn't even have to be a great movie. Just as long as there's a couple shots where you're like, "Yeah."
0: That's the Fantastic Four that I like, you know. So, so let me pose this question then for you: For uh, Wolverine, how about the guy who played the most recent Hellboy?
1: Yeah, he might not be bad, but did they? Have, isn't he already been cast for something like? Uh, uh, I think he's in that internals. I think he's going to be in Eternals, or no, no, he's playing a bad guy in the Black Widow movie. I think David Harbour. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that he's in the Black Widow movie. He's either a bad guy or he's like the guy training her or. Something like that. Let's see.
2: Let's see if IMDb has anything
1: on. He was definitely like on stage with them when they recently did that. Um, they had made those several announcements at what was the last thing. I forget. Okay. Let's see. No. What's the big one? San Diego? Probably it was San Diego. I mean, yeah. He's, oh, he's Red yes, Guardian. he Red is. Guardian. Yes. 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 Yeah. He would not have been a bad Wolverine, no, but they flubbed that one. Who knows, though? Maybe they've got a, somebody no-name in, in store, and we're going to just be like... Because we didn't really know too much about Chris Evans before he was Thor, really. you know? Sorry, Chris Evans. Chris Hemsworth. That's you know? true, true. And I think it worked. I think it works it benefits to not know these people very well, you know?
2: You know, I think David Harbor could, would make a good red guardian. I guess we'll find out for sure in due time, but does it not say
1: what he's playing? Yeah, red he guardian. is playing. Red guardian. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool.
2: Yeah. Basically, is that? is that
1: like the, the Russians version of cap? Yeah, pretty much. Oh yeah. They were like, he already played one red guy. Just get him to play another red guy. He's being he's being typecast. Right. (laughs) Right.
2: (laughs) Uh, And uh, let's see here. Let's see what what his powers are. It's a highly skilled athlete, master hand-to-hand combatant, expert pilot. Use of belt buckle disc. Oh, yeah, he does is, he not have a shield? Yeah, he does. Oh, yeah, okay, he does. He is—he is totally the—the the Russian ripoff of Captain America. Yeah, that's I what know. I
1: always thought. Was he on the team with that Russian character that was just like a bear? Yeah, yeah, the
2: yeah. Soviet super soldiers. Yeah, that's a. I hope that character shows up. the <laughs> I would love to see that one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I think it was Major Ursus, I think it was or yeah, something like that.
1: Yeah. Did you guys ever see trailers for that like uh Russian superhero movie that came out yes. like not too long ago? Wasn't yes. there a guy that could turn into a bear in that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. We need more characters, the people that turn into bears. <laughs> <laughs> I I could I could I could
2: see that. Yeah. But yeah, Soviet super soldiers, um, Ursa Major, let's see, uh, Dark Star and Vanguard, the Crimson Dynamo.
1: Oh, maybe I'm thinking that guy, the Crimson Dynamo. Is he kind of a Captain America guy, too? No, Crimson Dynamo is kind of like their Iron Man. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. And Dark Star is some girl. What's her powers?
2: Uh, Dark Star, Dark Star, Dark Star. Where did I see her? Um, crap. I think she had like a dark force power. Mm. Mm. Okay. Dark star, dark star. Where am I? Oh, okay. Oh, hang on. There we are. She had powers. Um, you know what? The Wikipedia page does not say that. Power- oh, here we go. Psionically access the extra dimensional energy of the
1: dark force dimension. Yeah. Mm, if yeah. only we could all tap into that dark force dimension
2: I, tell me about it I, I would totally misappropriately use
1: that at times yeah. sure. <laughs> for real um, alright boys well did you have any uh, it's been fun and I could talk about Marvel movies all night with my, <laughs> my well, dog is,
0: is whining next to me like we need to go pee <laughs> well I'll wrap it up with this question Where can people find you online? Um, I'm on both Instagram and Facebook currently. I'm
1: currently working on a website, but I don't have that finished yet, um, where I'm going to have some merch and stuff. But, yeah, I mainly operate on Instagram. I poke around Facebook every once in a while. But if you want to really, like, um, get the up-to-date current drawings and process work and – Pictures of like all my comic book boxes that just fell down in my closet. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, which I said earlier, but I'll say it again at uh, Aaron Conley seventy-seven. Um, yeah, it's got a little white tiger circle head up in the corner. Excellent,
0: Eric.
2: Anything else? No, no, I think I'm uh, I think I'm pretty good. Uh Aaron, appreciate we appreciate you coming out or Oh thanks.
1: With- yeah, thanks for having yeah. me. Thanks for having I me. Say like I said, sorry, I'd I'd love to talk about I could talk about this stuff all night, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: And I say coming out like, you know, hey, you just met us at the corner bar or something, but uh instead of being here on Skype. But we appreciate you joining us and talking with us for a while tonight. Well
1: yeah, and maybe we'll bump into the at each other one day at the bar and we can scream some more about <laughs> Marvel movies. Maybe that Fantastic Four movie will come out, have come out by then. and
0: I'll either be really happy or really sad. Well, you're more than welcome to come back anytime. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, guys. So on that note, uh, Thursday, if you would, please.
2: All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else?
0: Nope. Just time to go dark. Thanks, Thursday. All right. Thanks, guys. I'll catch you later. Not a problem. Have a good night, Karen.